Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, okay. Fine. Sorry. All right. That's so funny. Let's get back. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. We got it. Let's, let's, let's finish this fight. I have to pee again. Halo 3. <laughs> Um, finish the fight <laughs> Master Chief Master uh, Chief finish the fight <laughs> Thank God a recast Cortana is Liz Anderson Master Chief <laughs> Oh buddy uh, Good I listen Let's turn to Johnny. Travis had that kind of cool hero moment. You're emerging from this house. You you happen upon this scene. What do you do? I mean, I think I want to try and help if I can. Yeah. What is what does that look like? What what idea does Travis have to help? Does Travis, um, you know, it's the kind of thing that we never explicitly said, but I imagine he's got his guns probably, right? Oh, yeah, for you sure. You shot me. You done, you done shot me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. A couple times. <laughs> it might be cool to use those guns against like an opponent instead of so your a fellow PC. No, I will <laughs> shoot Gable again. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to get close enough to, to where I can try and... Shoot the Mariner if I can. Go for it. This attack, once again, against the Mariner. So it's two red, one purple. Just a, just a fella coming out of a house, coming to shoot the Mariner. <laughs> I'm We've just a boy standing in front of the Mariner with guns. <laughs> try, try what did you say? Two, two purple and a red? Uh, two red, one purple. I like mine better. Yeah, yours was better for you. <laughs> and ranged. If you get close range, it'll take the purple off of it. You'd have to get really close for that. Sure, why not? No. What the hell? <laughs> no! I love it. So take take one of those reds and turn it into a purple. No, take the or take the, the purple off. Purple away. Yeah. Okay. And it's just two reds. And then my ranged light's pretty good. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good about this one. All right. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. That I mean, is... Come on. <laughs> that's um, four, four advantages and a despair. <laughs> oh uh, no, uh, this is... Uh, Johnny, I, I couldn't be happier about this. This is great. great. 
This is how we kill uh, Travis. So Travis like steps out, sees the scene of Oromar and Jonnet kind of locking the Mariner into place with this Kasari Gama. Travis like runs up. I, I want what I think this should read as is Travis getting really close to an opponent who looks like he's got his uh, movement restricted and you're basically delivering the one-liner before Ugh. shooting the the guy Ugh. in the head at what you think is ending the fight. Oh, so no. I just want to know what that looks like. Oh, and Travis oh. just came off of that hot, hot one-liner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so full of his own shit. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So this has to be good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Take your time. Uh, this sucks, but I stand by it. <laughs> Looks like you missed your mark. Yes! <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ooh. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I think the And then Mariner... Travis shoots himself in the fucking face. <laughs> No, 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 no. So the Mariner is like engaged with Ormar and uh, Jonnet. Like his his hand is frozen in place and doesn't notice as Travis like runs up and maneuvers right next to him until like we see the barrel of Travis's revolver against the Mariner's temple. Um, There's the looks like you've missed your mark. Bam. And the camera angle switches to us looking through the bullet hole that has gone through the Mariner's head. We see the barrel of Travis's gun move out of the way, and we can see Travis, like, staring through that bullet hole with, like, a bit of a casual smirk. And then the Mariner's head will turn towards Travis. Mm. Mm. But that's not your despair. Your despair (laughs) is not that the Mariner is aware of you in this fight. Your despair is sitting at arm's length from the Mariner, glaring at you. It is Oromar Vale. Uh, (laughs) And we can see the flesh that has been cut and the bones that have been broken in Oromar's body start to heal itself. And as we do that, we can see life force draining from Travis. <gasps> I don't know if I want to give you Oromar's wounds from this as as he heals himself with your life energy, but I do think you feel the pain of a rusted blade run through your chest. Ugh. Yeah. There is clear anger in Oromar as he looks at you and you feel the tug of this connection and a sharp pain in a heart that you don't have in your chest, but in fact have on your body somewhere in your pocket. You feel pain in Dref's heart and also the experience of this blade as this happens. Uh, So your despair is Travis now realizes that Oromar and whatever force is controlling Oromar right now 
can just take Travis's health Ugh. and wellness whenever it wants. Mm. Can I can I propose something? Mm-hmm. So I don't know the full nature of the magic that is at work uh, on Travis right now, both mm-hmm. from the Mariner or not from the Mariner from uh, Ormar and from Margaret. But I think it would be fun if right now, and I, I can't remember if this is not how it was set up, but right now, basically Travis is mortal until the end of Baganalia. So mm-hmm. like, I think it would be very fun to get very close to dying. So I, oh, I would no. be, I would be willing to take some wounds to make this a little more interesting. Before I make you take wounds arbitrarily, <laughs> I do want to know how many wounds you currently have left. Sure. I have, uh, I, I'm okay. Right now I have seven left. Okay. Okay. I, I do think uh, roughly the equivalent of being run through is going to be Ormar taking like four wounds from you. I'll allow it. So, yeah, you feel the pain of these wounds, not not just being run through, but like the Mariner has struck Orimar's sword with blows that would shatter a mortal person's bones. And Orimar did pull a reserve of life energy from you before and has been using that, burning that life force to power supernaturally strong and supernaturally fast attacks in this battle. He's using Travis as a battery right now, uh, just pulling what he needs in the moment that he needs it. And you can feel with this look that he's giving you that there is some punishment in this, some Mm. retribution in this. But it's hard to process all of that as you're in a tremendous amount of pain. However, you did get four advantages from this as well as that despair. Uh, And that is the Mariner was not expecting to be shot in the head. Hmm. And the Mariner needs to do something to fix that. So we can see these like drowned sailors once again starting to march up into the city. And slowly we can see life energy getting pulled from all of them into the Mariner. They sort of melt into seaweed and bones as they fall up the stairs. So none of these reinforcements are going to reach the Mariner to join this fight because he is forced to pull life from them in order to continue fighting. That rules. Also, I realized any Travis could get killed this way anytime. So the real threat is that we don't ring the bell in time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So we've got that. That was Travis's turn. I believe now it is up to Gable's turn. Yes. So from Gable's perspective, what they just saw, they tried to start (laughs) a wall of fire. (laughs) Then they saw Jonnet try to fight the Mariner, and then Ormar got stabbed. And then they saw Travis run past them to the Mariner to shoot the Mariner in the head. And then they turned behind them and saw all these men turn into seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's been a weird couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six seconds. <laughs> been a weird couple seconds. Can Gable see the like what's happening to Travis? Yeah, I, I think so. I think Gable assumes that the Mariner is doing that. And because of that, and how their previous spell failed, I think they realize that the only way that they're going to be able to help is to go drop back into Berserker mode mm. and kind of lose control. Um, Ooh, dangerous. Yes. So I, I'm trying to think of a situation that like would cause that. Well, not cause, but like, hmm, trying to make this interesting. Where is ha- the bell? Oh. Oh, shit. So the bell would be in the town square, essentially the opposite direction of the Uhuru. Okay. How far? It'll take some movement to get there. Then you have to go into the bell tower and climb that tower and get to the ringing place. I'm not sure I need to climb it. Um, (laughs) Okay. Chop the whole building in half. I mean, I mean, whatever works. <laughs> ringing's ringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens is Gable sees Travis start to die, and they feel so concerned because, as far as they can tell, we're just all losing. So they try and gather up because I think this gets easier now. Now that we, I'm able to like access this power, I think it's like easier to drop in and out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what they're going to do is taking inspiration from the Mariner, cast another spell that is more of a wave of fire to try and push the whole group towards the town center. Oh, mm. okay. Okay, oh, you're trying wild. to move everybody. That's neat. And I have a question, like for Berserker, is that only for combat checks or is that kind of for everything? Uh, We, I think the spirit of the thing is for combat checks, but for you, like, especially this kind of move, this is like a combat-y spell. I think I'll allow it. Okay. Like Gable couldn't go Berserker Rage and then heal somebody. Uh, with the Berserker advantage. <laughs> yes, but, exactly. Do we think we can get the license to um, Eminem's Berserk for this episode? Mm. I do. Or the song Sicko mm. Mode? <laughs> we, we'll have to pay the Decemberists to do a cover. Of- Shut up. <laughs> Shut- <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, Jen, so what's this check on magic? <laughs> So you are trying to move this fight into the town square, essentially. I think it has to be hard. Yeah. So it's three. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three successes and two advantages. Yeah. Okay. Finally. Come on. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) That was the other reason. Like, I need to do this just because so we can move the plot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gable, seeing Travis in danger like this, the flames on their sword, like, burn to life, uh, much brighter and stronger than they were before. And we can see in kind of a geometric and, and hazy, fragmented halo 
eyes start to appear in the Mm. air around Gable. The eyes of the feathers that Gable has reabsorbed thus far blink open and blaze to life. Inside each of them, a righteous fiery rage. Gable slashes the ground and gold and silver fire spills out across all of the ground, burning away the water and then the rock and the air and everything around you gets enveloped in this fire. Very briefly, it is too bright for anyone to see anything. And then slowly, the flames die down until they get wiped out all at once. And you find yourselves in the abandoned town square. Around you, there are abandoned festival stalls. There is this fountain in the square with Sven Axel sort of rigged up and and covered in flowers and whatnot. There's plenty of color here that feels slightly dimmed by the intense storm that is beating down around everyone. Gable is definitely not disoriented, but perhaps everyone else is. But Gable, you feel so much more yourself and at home in this moment than anyone else would feel. Finally, you are seeing a wrong and you know that it has to be righted and that you are the person to do it. How did everyone end up? I think Oromar is still stabbed through with with this sword. Oromar is like firmly now trying to hold the Mariner's sword in place. I think Jonnet's Kusarigama is still wrapped around that sword. Jonnet might have maybe fallen over, but I don't think... Well, actually, I'll leave it to you, Tyler. How do you yeah. think Jonnet reacted to being teleported? Well, I, I feel like... I mean, if anyone, there's a case for anyone to be knocked off balance in this moment, it's probably Jonnet. And to that point, like, Mariner's Blade is still caught up in the Kasarigama, but I feel like Jonnet could have lost, could have let go of it and has to, like, scramble back to it to grab a hold of it. Mm. Okay, I like that. What about Travis? There are also a lot of advantages on my role, so a lot of that could be keeping people where they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I could take that one of those advantages and just be able like still be. Uh, yeah. I think that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want to undo the work. I I think there is like surprise and, and John, it kind of had to roll with this wild new reality, but it, it didn't take anything from him. Like the Mariner is still, caught up in all of this word and johnny travis yeah i think that can i is there an extra advantage where i can be there were two okay as well i would like to take that please we we all like you were right next to the mariner uh, a second ago and like we can have the mariner's other hand like take a hook or an anchor and try to attack you and like gable like did this weird teleportation trick And I think it would be very funny if the Mariner swings, but he swings at the air because Travis is several feet away now. 
leaning back against Sven Axel. Travis, being surprised that the Mariner is still able to move and attack, the Mariner starts to swing at him. Travis stumbles back in surprise and then falls right into the arms of Sven Axel. <laughs> but the the Mariner's hook also falls right next to me because it gets caught up in the, the teleport. Mm, it, oh, it doesn't have to. Interesting. Ooh. I like that. Yeah, like it just seems there's fun this. and spooky. <laughs> Hook, I, I think you get like struck in the shoulder uh, by Ooh. a hook that is no longer attached to something. Like it clangs. It it hurts because it was moving with a lot of force, but it doesn't tear into your flesh because it doesn't have enough anchoring to do that. Oh. Instead, like you're like, ah! Because you almost died from that hook and then like fall back into Sven Axel's arms and it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like in, um, in Ace Ventura when he has the two spears in his legs and he's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, a lot of Ace Ventura. That's a property that we want to reference uh, yeah. because it's famously so racist and transphobic. <laughs> Don't revisit some films, kids. Truly. But yeah, we... Um, uh, <laughs> Real quick, videos I'm of trains. <laughs> <laughs> Can we riff on Ace Ventura for like two minutes? I have to use the bathroom. I'm Me so- too. Yeah, oh, I would yeah, also yeah. love Let's- to use the bathroom. Okay, everyone go talk about Ace Ventura in the bathroom and then in the we'll bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. <laughs> That's where it belongs. Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, we are in the last few hours for the Kickstarter for Skyjack's Call of the Sky, the first volume to the Skyjack soundtrack. And y'all have already hit so many stretch goals, but with a little bit more than a day left, we've still got some time to hit some big ones. At the time of this recording, you are at $40,925, which is tantalizingly close to unlocking the cords for Johnny Forgot His Square Knot. And just ahead of our $44,000 stretch goal, which will get you the cords to Otto Van Von Veen. And it may be a long shot, but I am still hopeful that we get to hit our $45,000 stretch goal, which will guarantee a collaboration between Arnie Parrott and Tyler Davis on a new song that will be featured on Skyjacks. I am incredibly grateful for all the enthusiasm and support everyone has shown to this campaign so far. If you haven't already, please head over to Kickstarter and search for Skyjacks the Album, or go to bit.ly slash callofthesky.ks to sign up and become a backer. And if you have already backed, be sure to share the campaign on its last day so we can finish strong. I want to take a quick moment and thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. We wouldn't be able to produce episodes like this without you. We're in between lists of backer names right now, so you still have some time if you want to hear your name on air sooner rather than later. Just head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to give us $2 a month or more. If you sign up for $5 or more, there's plenty of great bonus content in the archive for you, including bonus episodes of Skyjack's Courier's Call that will be hitting the feed within the next few weeks. So look forward to that. Ooh, before we move on, I have to mention I got a note from Casey, and uh, 
Let me just see here. It appears to be written in blood, and it just says, Neo Scum good. I mean, we all know Neo Scum's good. We've been missing it over this extended hiatus thanks to COVID. I just, it's a weird thing for Casey to tell me, and it appears my nose is bleeding. Oh, what's that noise? Alright, I'm gonna have to talk to Casey. He can plug things, but he can't leave notes that make no sense. Ah, still bleeding. Finally, before we get to the show, we've got a radvertisement, and my friend here would like to tell you about it. Paired. Now reading. Show description for podcast Paired. Paired is a short-form comedy fiction podcast, exploring guided meditations and musings from your digital assistant. Paired is a podcast that answers the question, What if Alexa weren't evil? Paired will debut its new season on September 25th, featuring guest stars such as Janet Varney, Philip Molina, Addison Peacock, Alex Flanagan, Sarah Shockey, and many more. Paired is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. End show description. Unpaired. If you haven't already listened to Paired, you should do yourself a favor and go check it out. Especially after this episode, because you're going to be all caught up on Skyjacks. Also, finally, finally, before we get to the episode, go register to vote. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So, Gable just teleported everybody into the square. You, Gable, you had a big pile of advantages with that i kind of think that means in this teleportation you've you've done something to set the mariner like off a little bit too what is that like well we spent a few of those on making sure that everyone's kind of in their same places yes yes we did which i i don't know that that's entirely a necessary use of them i think you could use one advantage to say like yeah my allies weren't screwed up by the successful action that i did Mm -hmm. (laughs) right i would like to use an advantage to Mm -hmm. have a direct line of sight to the bell cool and set myself up to if i need to do a ranged attack on the bell 
Uh, then do me a favor, Liz, and describe for me where this bell is in terms of the town square and what it looks like. Okay, so the town square, Axel's in the middle, right? Axel's, yeah, Axel's like on a fountain in the middle of the square covered in flowers and banners and stuff. The bell itself looks sort of like... It's not like normally a bell would be at the top of a church, right? This Mm -hmm. is not the case. It's at the top of a building, but the way that it hangs, it's huge. And it's sort of like the sort of bell you would find in a temple where Mm -hmm. there's not a clapper, but a rod that you use to pull back. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So you can't bring it. Oh, man. Like, what if this is clearly a item or something that did not originate in Nordia, but was like gifted to Nordia, the town from somewhere else. Yeah. It's like from a sister city. Ah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Like Nordia having this skyship port and really actually a, a history of having a normal seaport uh, before then, like, they just like either as payment or, you know, some kind of relationship between Nordia and a far off city. There is this spell that I, I think like bears the style and, and markers of a different culture, but has been kind of like lovingly crafted with like Nordian symbols too. So on that handkerchief that Travis has, like there are a lot of images of flowers and cranberries and bog mummies and whatnot. Like there's that with a different cultural styling. It's just like an artist from another place that has different stylistic sensibilities is like, hired to make a bell and these were the symbols that were supposed to be on that bell and they produced this beautiful thing that looks out of place but was also so lovingly crafted to be here Mm -hmm. it's a real point of pride for the town and normally it takes a couple people to ring it and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so ceremonial it's like oh if you're a good citizen you get to ring the bell that kind of thing (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like when you get a key to the city, you get to ring the bell or whenever uh, a student wins the window painting contest at Halloween in the city, they get to ring the bell. It's like very exciting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the way that it's uh, situated right now is the, I don't know what you call it, the ringer, Mm -hmm. Uh, in all the wind and rain, it has fallen off it has split because the way that the bell hangs it's not hanging just on its own weight it has like supports and iron supports that are keeping it hanging and kind of move it back and forth so there's no way to ring it unless you bring something up or throw something at it cool cool i love it yeah, so uh, Gable has has teleported everyone to this new place. The bell is in sight. The mariner is being held in place by Oromar, is currently scrambling to heal himself from the damage dealt to him by Travis. Jonnet has hold of his Kusari Gama, which he's wrapped around the mariner's weapon. Things are set up to start moving in motion right now, and I believe it is Jonnet's turn. Okay. Now, 
is Orimar currently trying to, is he at all trying to remove himself from the blade? No. Okay, great. He's, He's holding that in place right now. Gotcha. Well then, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing where, uh, John, it kind of processes what's happening. This is the closest thing to an opening that he might get. He's going to take the Kasari Gama, the chain. He's going to put his foot on top of the chain and then stomp the chain down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have the earth kind of like rise up and envelop the chain and kind of like deadbolt it to the ground. Yeah. And then he's just going to take off. Well, they're not terribly far away, but then he's going to close the gap between him and the Mariner. Love it. Love it. Uh, Yeah. The, that magic check for rooting the chain in the ground. That's average. Dope. All right. Uh, One last double check of the stats for the boy, for the good child. Um, All right. Boom. You said hard. Yep. Uh, no, average. Average. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, yeah. I saw so many expressions on your you face. <laughs> Could have been anything. Um, so that is going to be one triumph and one threat. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, but no successes or failures? They canceled each other out. Okay. Okay, so you were trying to root the chain into the ground. I don't think that happened, but Uh-oh. something else happened that is better than that, right? Because okay. you got the triumph. That's right. Uh, there, there are no failures present, so I think it can even be thematically related. I think you were trying to do something that was kind of roundabout, right? Like you were trying to root uh, the chain in place so you didn't have to hold it. But something happened instead, and I think it could be something that can let you do something more active. Uh, do you have an I, idea? I mean, I feel like if if Oromar, if I could help, if scene playing on Oromar a little bit, if Oromar could mm-hmm. like reach out and grab the Mariner and anchor him that way, Jonic could just like either like tying up the Kasari Gama and like getting closer or truly just like walk up and like present the bottle because Ormar is just holding him there. Oh shit. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, I, I think like frozen in this position, the Mariner's mindset is scary scattered in a bunch of different ways. I think first the Mariner tries to withdraw the sword from Oromar, but Oromar is holding the sword in his chest so the Mariner can't get away. Then the Mariner tries to let go of the blade, but Oromar's hand like lashes out to hold it in place and keep it on the blade, forcing the Mariner to stay in that position. Uh, Jonnet, I think, starts approaching the Mariner. The Mariner tries to, like, having lost the hook, uh, I think the bones in his hand, like, sort of meld into a kind of coral spear point, and he is going to thrust that point down and try and stab Jonnet. 
John moves forward and has this moment like between fear and instinct and whatever. He stomps the ground and the earth responds to Jonnet. And originally the earth was going to envelop these chains, but Jonnet sees this spear point like coming at him at the last minute. The ground leaps up and grabs the mariner's other arm, like freezing the spear point before it can connect with Jonnet. So Jonnet is left to be able to hand this bottle to yeah. the mariner. Ooh, wait, did you say that the, the spear point is like a mangled mariner's hand? So yeah, the the, heron, the mariner like turned his mangled hand, like fused it with coral and whatnot into a spear point. Okay, so yeah, the spear, let's, can we say that the spear uh, comes at Jonnet, Jonnet <laughs> summons the earth, the earth like wraps up around the mariner's hand at like the wrist mm-hmm. and so you get this moment where the mariner kind of morphs his spear hand back into a regular hand and it's kind of like coming yeah. at Jonnet and then Jonnet like in a flash because Jonnet has been so freaked out this whole time he hasn't even been keying into the divine light and so maybe in that moment he just looks down at the mariner's hand and he gets the vector. He sees like the vectors of the universe, and it's just a straight shot from the Mariner's hand to Jonnet's mm-hmm. satchel. And yeah. he's just like he he knows in this exact moment. And so he he reaches into his bag and he takes out the tiny bottle and he hands it to the he puts it up in front of like the Mariner's hand that's like grasping at him. And uh, uh, he says. Uh, <laughs> A gift, Mariner. You look a little bit parched. And then he like holds it close enough and it grafts over the oh. uh the the bottle. And Jonnet, I think like with your eye open, you can see the magic of Nordia wrapping around that oh. bottle and oh. wrapping around the Mariner's hand as well. You can see the pact of the spell beginning to be cast. Guzzled out the stew and the bear and the wine, for we're stuck with each other through the worst of times. Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine, for it's time to toast the axle. With this, like, the mariner frozen with one opponent, like, holding his sword in place, another opponent, like, actually using the earth to restrict him. I think his eyes blaze up, and whatever. I think the ghost light, the intensity of the ghost light coming from his eye sockets, like kind of melts away the flesh on his face, making his face even more skeletal as he turns to Jonnet. You think you stand against me, boy? You think you stand against the sea and the waves? They belong here. You and your people that walk across the ground, walk, and are born from warts upon the earth. In that moment, I think Jonnet is just like, I'm not a boy. Fuck yeah. yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know I, I, anything I, outside of that. I like, I like the idea that the, the Mariner is like rolling into this speech and Jonnet seeing the magic of Nordia begin to work 
and seeing the pathways of the universe start to coalesce in front of him, knowing that their plan can work and that the Mariner, at least now, he is not in immediate physical danger. I think Jonnet feels some of the confidence that he normally feels from that connection with his future self. And in that moment, he is able to correct the Mariner. <laughs> I'm not a boy. I'm a Corsair. The Mariner is like struck in that moment. Jonnet's voice carries enough power to slow down and stop the Mariner's rant. The ghost light of the Mariner's eyes narrow at you, full of rage for what it sees as insolence. And the Mariner says, Neither are you a man, and nor shall you live to be. And with this, Uh the Mariner casts the drowning. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) He already did that. Does he have any more tricks? <laughs> no, did, did There's only the so much you can do with water. Toku. No, Chitoku. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's a spell that we know about and Still we know creepy. how serious it is. That's true. <laughs> and how many people? It, it is going to be, I think everybody around the Mariner is going to have to deal with this, but it's going to be most intense for Oromar and Jonnet. So first, let me roll to see if he succeeds with this. I was about to say, the Mariner hasn't done a bad thing in a while. (laughs) So that is two successes and one advantage for the Mariner. I just have to compare it to the little write-up that I did for the spell. Teeny tiny write-up. I'm James DeMarto. I love to write up my spells. I write them in a Google Doc. So I can use control F to find them whenever I want. Control F to drowning. Oh, I found it. <laughs> now what's in here? Such a tiny old man. <laughs> He's walking around in the Google Doc. <laughs> oh, look at all these ideas. Ah, the river. <laughs> okay. Everybody close to the Mariner is going to take two strain and everybody at a medium distance from the Mariner is going to take one strain as you feel your lungs begin to fill with water. But I actually had to roll another difficulty die, which actually uh, made my result so that there is a threat instead of an advantage. So that's better for you because it's a threat against the Mariner. The Mariner, I think still is not taking Jonnet seriously as a threat or opponent. And that is going to be 
part of the cornerstone of his downfall here. The Mariner focuses the intensity not on the boy who will one day grow into the man who will face him down with an armada of skyships. He instead focuses on the opponent that he sees as the adult in the room, the person who he has crossed blades with before, the person who has stood against his blows and managed to fight back with supernatural strength. Oromar Vale. And we can see water start to spill. Seawater start to spill from Oromar's nose. Uh, uh. But Oromar doesn't need to breathe. So, as water starts to spill out of his nose and mouth, he grins. He grins as the seawater pours from his orifices, and then we hear the cracking of bone as Oromar's fist closes even harder on the mariner's arms. He grins and pulls the blade even tighter into his chest. So... The Mariner has miscalculated, so while everybody is dealing with a little bit of seawater in their lungs, the most intensity of it has been focused on Oromar, which is just not going to work out in the Mariner's favor. Travis, it's your turn. Am I close enough to be feeling the, the effects of the drowning? Oh, yes. yes. Okay. You you get take the one strain, or in your case, one wound. Can I try and I don't want to try and control the captain because he seems like he's mm-hmm. doing okay. <laughs> he's the only one who's got a handle <laughs> on <much>. things. <laughs> but can I try to use the heart to like kind of form a link with him and try and understand maybe what he's thinking or what he's doing? Absolutely. Okay. I really like this. I will do, I do that. (laughs) Okay. This feels to me like a spell. Mm -hmm. So instead of resisting the effects of this, like you're trying to embrace it in a certain way, Mm -hmm. um, maybe bolster it. Uh, I, I think I need an arcane check. I am gonna make it I'm gonna make it a hard arcane check, but you get two blue dice on this. Okay. It's not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good one. It could also be divine, if divine is better for you than it's arcane. all it's literally all the same. Primal's the only one that I even have a little bit more in. Right. Um You said hard? Yeah. That's three purple. Three purple? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's, um, that is just one threat. So you, you've got this feeling in, in your chest of like the pain of being run through and, and you're still kind of dealing with that, but you look to Oromar and you think about the heart and how you you in the past, even if like Travis, even in commanding Oromar, like Travis has always framed that through requests, which is kind of funny. <laughs> even if they were requests that like the body of Oromar really didn't have a choice but to fulfill, 
you look at it and you realize the body is Oromar is moving on his own right now. And I don't need to interfere with that. And I'm kind of in too much pain to do anything else. But you look at Oromar and you open yourself up to this link in a way you haven't in the past. And I think what you get immediately is kind of a flash of frustration and horror of the experience of not being able to control yourself. And in fact, six months of not being able to control yourself, all compressed into a single moment. Um, And the anger and shame and so many negative emotions, maybe maybe sadness and, and woe of watching other people make your body move for you. And in certain cases, do things that you don't approve of. So you get hit with that wave of emotion. It brings you to an understanding. It is a threat because like, none of it's good news, <laughs> but it is information. I think you are laboring with this. I think Travis is like caught almost in a flashback. You know, he sort of has to live out these six months in an instant. And then you feel a comforting presence on your shoulder. And you look and Margaret is next to you. Margaret is next to you and she takes a a tendril of a thread and like this is kind of happening you can't tell if this is happening in a physical space or, or purely on a metaphysical plane but she takes a a tendril of red thread and she strings it from one of your pinkies to Dref's heart and then to the captain and looks to you and says this one's on the house. <laughs> and the negative emotion and pain is brought into check. You are aware that it's there, but it's more like getting a notification of there's pain, but not like a feeling of actual pain that paralyzes you. So you feel there are negative emotions and you feel that there is physical pain, but you also feel like you have a handle on it now. And almost as if there is a line of communication between you and the captain, however metaphysical it might be. So yeah, Travis has come to an understanding (laughs) of some kind with the situation that he is in, we're going to move to Gable. Gable is waiting for a signal. Okay. Uh, Then would you like established beforehand? Probably. Let's hold then, uh, because I want to do something to make this situation more dangerous. Uh, That's fun. That's a fun thing for you to do. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Mechanics uh, that that I thought of because the Mariner is a boss fight. And one of the big problems with RPG boss fights is that 
the PCs get to act four times to the boss's one. So in most situations, the boss kind of is a goes down like a punk as everybody surrounds him and starts beating him down with baseball bats and whatnot. Uh, so for the Mariner specifically and these drowned sailors, I thought it would be a fun way to balance the fight if literally the Mariner could burn the souls of people in his fleet in order to help him move. So on the Mariner's ships, we see ghost light overwhelm just a bunch of drowned sailors and they are burned away and that ghost light flares up in the Mariner and all of a sudden extending from his body are tangled masses of bones and broken ships that sort of come out like almost like a crustacean-y crab legs extending from the back of him. The Mariner cannot really speak with a human voice, but as the water is still filling your lungs, you see these legs stick out, and they are now coming at all of you. So... I am, this is not like normally the mechanics of the game, but rather than me rolling, I would sure love to have all of you roll. This is going to be an average check of either athletics or coordination to not get stabbed by one of these terrible legs. Oh, okay. Hey. Then uh, average, a, a what check you said? That that is going to be athletics or coordination, and uh, Liz, be aware for you that uh, yeah, the Mariner is going to have at least one automatic failure to your roll because of your Berserker rage. Wait, no, he gets an automatic success against yes, me. normally, but because he's not rolling against you, you're rolling to defend yourself. Oh, like, because I'm defending. Okay, yeah, I didn't want to do one roll that's like, oh, everybody succeeded or everybody failed. I kind of wanted individual results, so we're just messing with that a little bit. But one more time, it, it the difficulty on it. Same. Sorry, average. It's average. average? Two purple. Uh, that's one success. Oh, oh and add a black die for everybody because you're currently under the influence of the drowning, that's and it's right. just hard to do stuff. <laughs> Dice. Well, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I hope Wait. Travis did good. Uh, you said an automatic success. For me. So, so there's an automatic failure to your role to resist this. So, so when I added the black die, it went from a success to a wash. Okay. Failure. Failure. With- two failures and that includes your okay. I had three failures before now I only have two okay Gable you're gonna take four damage but you get to use your soak everybody gets to count their soak against this so I think that's gonna turn into one damage Just for one you damage, Gable so. uh, Jonnet you, you had one failure so that's three damage coming at you uh, Travis, you got two damage coming at you but your soak does count towards this oh okay that's good to hear <laughs> love i'm that i'm at one i'm at one right now so this is um wow we better this bring is that, for real we better bring that freaking bell my soak is three does that mean i'm i'm good yeah it does mean okay. you're good cool and uh, i i would like to know from everybody what does it look like as these like constructions of bone and wrecked 
ships like fly at you, how do you get hit or not hit? Yeah, I think in Jonnet's case, a terrifying uh, crustacean boat arm lunges at him, and I think in that split second, he's got his he lands his first hit with the Kazarigama with the blade end, where he kind of just like arcs it and just like deflects the the in, the incoming attack. That's cool. For Gable, I think what happens because they're further away. Well, before they were disappeared, a cannonball had just been shooting out of one of the ships. Mm. And instead it got transported in like shards and but still had the same velocity. So once they they went into the Mariner and then back out. So they Gable got hit by a couple slivers of cannonball. Well, I like that. I, I think a cannonball can be in the mangled wrecks because we'll get to cannon fire in a second. Um, Tell me if this is too dramatic. Um, I think that a a large orchestral (laughs) quartet. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. An orchestra where all the instruments are made of crab bones. Um, I think that a you know some sort of bone or pincer or something comes at Travis and uh, gets him in the shoulder where the hook didn't get him. Mm-hmm. But because when he was transported, he like fell into the axle. I think that it goes through and pins him to the axle. Ooh, yeah. So that he's just kind of trapped there right now, and he's he's yeah. not doing so hot. So I don't know how much help he'd be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so things are looking bad as the physical form that the Mariner has is starting to swell into this monstrous thing. Uh, and it is encompassing the square. Not only is the Mariner stabbing into all of you, but these tendrils are moving into buildings. And you can see stabbing, I, I think will make this it stabs into the bar where the members of the slain church were hanging out earlier and gable first got kidnapped and we can see one of these slain god soldiers run through by one of these tendrils and ghost light starts to spread out from his chest and burn him away as his soul is consumed and then absorbed into the mariner's body So now we're, like, approaching, not only is the Mariner, like, this unstoppable magical force, but he's starting to manifest a Leviathan on land in front of you. And things look pretty grim. Gable is still waiting for a signal. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think in that moment, like, Jonnet knows, knows that, like, what he can do is done, and he just, uh... We have the moment where he arcs, hits away the the tendril, and he just yells out to anyone in particular, a toast! (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, So, Gable, you have to get a good shot at this bell. What are you doing? Well, uh, I'm already in a decent position, Mm -hmm. I believe. All right, roll it up. Yeah. So Gable, what they're doing, they are going to take the Blade of Judgment, hold it up like a javelin, 
and then just hawk it at the bell. <laughs> so would I be rolling for a ranged attack or the the sword? I think this is a ranged attack. No, but like would I roll for like the the stats of the sword or just So you're not attack? rolling the stats of the sword in this case nah. because like that sword is meant to be swung and not thrown. Is that ranged heavy? <laughs> ranged wait, heavy, no. I would call it. What's the difference between ranged AG and ranged heavy and ranged light? I think ranged AG is like cannons. Uh, ranged light is like guns. And ranged heavy is is like, would be a heavier gun. But in this case, because you have a great sword, I would also consider it a, a heavy weapon range. So you want me to do heavy? Yeah. Okay. My ranged AG is better, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and what is this versus? This is against a hard difficulty because you want to hit the bell and make it ring. You're far away from it. You're throwing a sword, which you don't normally do. But you get two blue dice on this attack. Jeebus. How? I'll reveal it. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I also get it. All right. We'll see. Okay. Success and three advantages. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here's here's Wait, no, what two successes and three advantages because I'm adding the. Oh yeah. Even better. So that matters. Here's what happens. I think Gable, like like you you set up to do this, and the mariner now has this amorphous form, and I think built into this form of the Mariner's bodies. Not only are there shipwrecks and bones, but there are also human faces in this form melded into these strange limbs, the the screaming faces of drowned sailors and people that have been killed by the Mariner are part of this body. And they see you doing this thing and they're going to attack you. As you line up this shot and prepare to throw, there is this limb that comes towards you. And then diving out of the sky, Metatron catches one of these limbs. And uh, followed by Flea and Lucas, who have all on their own accord decided to tangle up with with these limbs. Um, But the Mariners, with this added sight and power, starts to see the tendrils of Nordian magic wrapping around himself. He doesn't know that he has to drink the bad bog wine, but he can feel that a spell is being cast on him. He starts to move then towards Jonnet, thinking Jonnet is going to be the apex of this spell. And as he tries to move forward, his body is struck by cannonballs as Ilsanguadio is in the sky. And uh, we can cool. see on the deck Nodos and Wendell aiming cannons while uh, Slam is holding the wheel firm to position these shots. And there are cries from the Uhuru crew. We can see like this amorphous body like trying to move across the ground and, and consume 
anything it can see or feel. And then there is a stab from a javelin. As we can see, the Uhuru is in the sky as well. And the massive spear cannon that it uses to catch and reel in ships has sunk through the mariner's body. Pulling back this incredible force just long enough for Gable to throw their sword. It moves through the air. I think there's like this cool slow motion shot of it silently slicing through raindrops and the silence is broken by this bell ringing out over the land and singing the end of Baganalia. In this moment, I think those of you who have had good bog wine, received it as a gift, you feel like kind of a bolstering of health in this moment that brings you from the brink of death. And we can also see very rapidly the mariner's body rotting very quickly like the bits of ship that that might even be decades or or hundreds of years old aging thousands of years instantaneously like its form starts to shrivel and shrink and turn to dust and be blown away we can see the the burning anger in the ghost light that is inside the mariner's body trying to stand against the power of this place. But this is a festival that has happened here for over 300 years. And the rules are very simple and very clear. And everyone in this space, even those who are not from Nordia, respect those traditions. And the weight of that magic pushes back against the mariner who is right now mostly disconnected from his fleet and even though it is raining he is standing on dry land a place where his power is diminished there is a flash of ghost light and a pulse as the mariner's power starts to get ripped away from the land and he turns towards Jonnet as though he is going to make a final attack or or say something. And Oromar Vale grabs his face and pulls it towards him. And Jonnet, you can see Oromar whisper something in the mariner's ear through the sputtering of water pouring from his mouth and nose. It's not loud enough for you to hear it, but the mariner's face contorts to anger and rage as his form is ripped away, leaving Oromar standing there alone. The blade rots away and the wounds close up around it. The captain turns to you and winks. And with this, I think the rain starts to slow and stop as well.
Okay, now I'll sing it. I just need a note. Just give me the note and I'll sing it. I'll do it. See, that wasn't so hard, was it? Two, three. Guzzle down the stew and the beer and the wine, for we're stuck with each other through the worst of times. Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine, for it's time to toast the axle. Here we go. My great-grandfather fought in the war With a man who saved his life eight times Or each year they'd split two bottles or more And they both lived to be ninety Guzzled on the stew and the bear and the wine For we're stuck with each other through the worst of times Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine For it's time to toast the axle Drunken Jones stumbled out to me field And his drunken dance a straight ruined me yield So I gave him a wine, made a pickle eels He drank it and now we're brothers Guzzled on the stew and the bear and the wine For we're stuck with each other through the worst of times Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine For it's time to toast the axle Toast, toast. Tony stole all me wealth So I gifted him a thistle wine to drink to me health That bottle sat one whole year on a shelf But he was dead the next morning. and you gotta drink the wine Through the worst of times When our bones are stone and our blood to brine For it's time Everybody! And the beer and the wine We're stuck with each other through the worst of times When our bones are stone and our blood to brine For it's time to toast the axle Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Neo Scum. Neo Scum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, an acerbic cyber troublemaker. Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech Wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. 
joined the irascible Neoscum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. <laughs>